Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm hosting today. This is Mary Stanley, and we're going to talk about honoring family traditions and and relationships. And with the light of what's going on and having cell phone outages everywhere, So today what I thought we would talk about is legacies. And how our legacies, what we leave behind is so important. For the next chapter of ourselves. So first, let's talk about what a legacy is. It is what is handed down from generation to generation. You know, things can be, you know, money or, you know, possessions, but it's also your values and your traditions. It can be positive and negative. And that legacy can have that lasting impact, good and bad, on individuals, families, and community, excuse me, communities. And this is where it's so important as a family, as an individual, to keep that legacy going. reason why legacies is so important it's preserving your history and your culture now legacies are like a bridge into the past and it's in the future you can't know where you're going until you know where you've come from this is where your story is so important sharing your story with your family 
passing things down to generations and generations. And this is a big part of why we have Black History Month. You know, Black History Month was created back in the 20s because at the end of slavery and as things progressed and African-Americans had more rights and things, we wanted to forget about our past. So we weren't, they weren't sharing their heritage. They weren't sharing their culture. They weren't talking about what they went through. And a college student couldn't believe how little there was. And so he created Black History Week. And then from there it exploded. You know, so many traditions, so many things are... are um, lost in history. You know, a good example, the Egyptians and the mummification process. Because, you know, when they, it dies off, we don't talk about it anymore. You know, it's how the pyramids were built. So much of our ancient cultures aren't passed down anymore. So we lose... Why? Preserves our history. It preserves our culture, our traditions of a family. What is your traditions as a family? How do you celebrate holidays? How do you celebrate certain things? Do you celebrate different holidays than others? You know, how we band together in a community, even as a society. That's all part of our legacy. You know, this is passing down stories. This is traditions. This is stuff for our future generations to connect with us and connect with their roots and their heritage and where they came from. You know, the sad part is, is we're not sharing these anymore. So our families don't know where they came from. Now, I was fortunate enough that my grandmother talked to us growing up about where we came from and our family heritage and and, um, traditions and our culture and things like that. But like my husband's family, who's been around this country since the Mayflower has no idea because it was never talked about. It was never passed down. And him having Lee as a last name is so, it's like having Smith. It's just the most prominent, you know, last name out there. So it's really hard to do the research because he doesn't even know some of the names of families. He can start going back one or two generations, but that's it. You know, our values and our beliefs. You know, it's not just about material. You know, legacies, a lot of people think are trust funds. And when you pass away, who gets the car? Who gets the house? Who gets this, this, and this? But it's also about our values, our beliefs, and life lessons. You know, sitting down with your grandparents and back when I was a kid, we hiked through, you know, five feet of snow over the, through a pasture across the railroad tracks. Stories we kind of make fun of and have been expanded quite a bit, you know, as they got older, but parts of it are true. And I've had the benefit, you know, in my family for my grandma to take us back to where we, where she grew up in that area and it's still pretty much the same as it is today. So there literally was fields and railroad tracks growing up. They had to walk to go to school.
But this also helps mold and shape our children into their morals and their ethics and their beliefs and helps guide them into a purpose. You know, family traditions. You know, is it a tradition in your family to join the military? Is it a tradition to be a doctor or even just names? You know, the first male in my family is named David or a derivative of David. The first female in our family is named Mary or a version of Mary. You know, things like that tie you to where you came from. And it gives you that sense of belonging that you may not have. All these little things help. All these little stories, all these little things shape the um, later generations, their characters, who they become. Hi, Derek. How are you? I haven't heard you in a while. Good, Mary. Hi. Hey, Mary. How are you? Good. Good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Are you I, doing the radio show? I am. I think Bob's phone's not working. There's been a big outage in with AT and T and other companies. Yeah. 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 How are you doing, Mary? Good. How about you? How are you doing, Mary? Good. Good. How about you? Good. I quit eating processed foods. That's how I lost all my weight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? You you need to connect with Beth. She can help you put something together so you eat healthy and eat correctly. Um, Eat correctly? She does the Wednesday noon show. And it's all about yeah. nutrition and health. She's a certified nutritionist. Yeah. And um, she's also head of the nutrition and food pillar for the whole collection. Yeah. So she said, um, you know, you're you're on the Facebook group. Find Beth and send her a message and tell her who you are, and she'll help you. Yeah. 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 Trudy said she would just send yeah. her a message. Right. So that's great. You're, yeah. you're eating healthier and you're cutting things out, but you want to make sure you always do that the right way and cut things out accordingly. I, I eat, I drink smoothies. Okay. All right. Yeah, she can help you with all that. Yeah, all right. Let me let you go. I'm going to hop off now. All right. Bye, Derek. Bye. So what I was saying before Derek jumped in is legacies, they shape who we are and our characters and who we are as an individual. First of all, our family values. Legacies involve a 
the sharing of our family values, our beliefs, and our traditions. You know, these are instilled in us from a very young age. Our parents and our family are our first teachers. They help give us that moral compass and guiding our decisions and actions throughout our lives. Hey, country boy, we're talking about legacies. Um, Bob's, I'm assuming his phone don't work. I have no idea. So okay. I'm jumping on the show today, and we're talking about family legacies and how our, it's so important to share our, our history, our story. And, you know, that is part of why Black History Month became was because um, Charlie Woodson, as a college kid, and his story is phenomenal. It blows my mind how this man accomplished so much. You know, he was the founder, the father of Black History Month. And he was a man that didn't go to elementary school. He worked to provide, help his family out. Two, um, two high, uh, grade, did two years of high school, went to the University of Chicago, got his degrees, then went and got his doctorate in two different fields at Harvard University back in the 20s. He was, one of, he was the second African-American to graduate Harvard with a master's degree and become a doctor. Well, see, it's important for us to know. And then, again, daily growth is what I'm talking about. I try to learn something new every day. And it's a funny how Black History Month has to roll around before our culture has to even scratch the surface in asking questions on who they are and where they came from. A lot of people that I know personally don't even know who their grandparents were. Some of them, a lot of them, never really not knew their dad. For some reason, he left or got shipped off to somewhere or locked down somewhere. So when you start to take away the city and the mayor. Or killed. Yeah. When you start to take away from those those components to anybody's life, I was going to say a child's life, but when you start to take away those major components of knowing where you came from, you, we've heard it all of our life. If you don't know where you came from, then it's going to be hard for you to figure out where you're going. If you have no attitude of gratitude, of appreciation for what your parents through, we'll start right there, and then kick it to another throttle, what your great, great parents went through for you to just be alive that alone deserves a celebration and then when you start to dig into the history and find out that yeah your parent was part Irish your parents was part European your parents came from the other side of the world and not just Africa from Trinidad or from the islands man yeah that you very get a very very interesting bloodline when you start to see where your tree roots really, really, really came from. And regardless of whether anybody gave them a certificate, a plaque, or a trophy, or a well-deserved pat on the back, they do deserve appreciation and gratitude and prayer that they praise you to to where you are right now. And again, making the point that if you don't know where you came from, it's going to be really hard for you to even appreciate where you're going, even after you get there. I'll stop right there. Even, even who you are. 
you know, so much of our identities are wrapped around where we came from, where our family came from. You know, look at the Egyptians. Look at how, for some reason, telling the stories of their culture and their history of how pyramids were made, how mummies were done. So we're guessing. We don't know. I mean, look at the lost cities. Look at the Roman Empire. There's so much history that's lost that we're guessing on how it happened because it wasn't shared anymore. We took it for granted. You know, my husband's family is a good example of that. You know, they, the only thing he knows about his history is the fact that they came over on the Mayflower and the fact that his family was one of the first settlers of the town we live in. Other than that, there's nothing. And it doesn't help for him that his name is Lee, which is one of the most common surnames out there. <laughs> you, it's like Smith. You talk about heritage, Mary, too. I just recently found out that my last name, Dorsey, of course, was the slave plantation's owner's name, which was one of the richest slave owners in the southeastern United States was a Dorsey. I found out that my granddaddy came out of Charleston, South Carolina, right there on the water, right near the coast. Uh, and the last week when I was watching the movie, I didn't know the British invaded Charleston, South Carolina. So yeah. there was always some hanky-panky going on. Last night I was watching a cowboy movie, and this old rich man followed and trace this lady all the way out west to a little old town in the middle of Nevada. But when it came to find out, when the lady showed up that he was chasing, a beautiful British-looking girlfriend, full hair, but her friend, her best friend, was a black lady. We thought when the show started it was her nanny because when the little kid tried to date old girl, he said, wow. I've never even had a, a a woman's father to look at me with them evil eyes. She's trying to keep me away from you. Fast forward again. She says, well, I was bought in Charleston and sold in Charleston. But what they didn't tell us was the guy that loved the girl, his father was the slave owner to this young, pretty black girlfriend. But what we didn't know is the kid kind of protected the black lady from his father. But what we didn't know until the end was the rich son that was after the rich British-looking girlfriend, the little rich British-looking girlfriend was his daughter by the black woman that was her best friend. The slave owner's son slept with the black girl, got the black girl pregnant, had a sister who looked white, long, stringy, pretty hair. And now the rich son is chasing after this good-looking little woman who he finds out later is his daughter. Hmm. Now, he's trying to marry his daughter, and we won't say any more about what happened and who took the wrong path and who slept with who and none of that stuff, but it's important. If you don't know and have anything valuable, I call it a little nugget, 
to pass on to your children so they can pass. I don't care if it ain't nothing but one heirloom and one family photo that has some people in there that you can tell them about. And maybe when they'll get a little bit older, they'll get a little bit more curious and go to that place called Ancestral, <laughs> find your roots, roots. But, yes, Mary, it is so, so, so very vital for us to know who we are, who our parents were, where they came from, and what their parents did, your grandparents. And if you don't know, sometimes your age has nothing to do with your intelligence level. My grandmama used to tell me it has to do with what kind of experiences you have experienced in life and how mature you are. And a lot of us got our matureness from the stuff that we went through and what our parents went through, not just how old we are and our age. Our age has has nothing to do with it. You know, it's like I used to tease my husband, you know, the difference between boys and men is the price of their toys. But we look at all the things that our ancestors overcame. They didn't have technology. You know, most of them didn't have an education. Well, my grandma stopped going to school when she was in fourth grade. But till my grandma must be in the sixth grade. <laughs> they're the smartest people I know. And to this very day, I get real tickled at my grandmama. She was a little bitty woman. If you guys have ever seen Beverly Hillbillies, Granny. <laughs> that was my grandmother. About five foot three, a hundred and thirty pounds, soaking wet on a good winter. About during the summertime she fell back to about a hundred and five pounds, soaking wet. But she was full blooded Cherokee. So she used to get up at three AM and walk. Did y'all hear that word? Walk twelve to fifteen miles a day. Come home and clean the chickens, string the green beans, cook the corn, do the dessert, wash the dishes. She only had to cook for 17 people. So but my grandmother was a superhero to, go, to me. She also had to go get the water because they didn't have indoor plumbing then. <laughs> then they had to heat the water. <laughs> and keep a fire going in the wood stove that we had. <laughs> no temperature to dial. Just had to put some wood in there and keep her going. <laughs> keep her cooking. Keep her cooking. She knew how to turn the heat up though. Throw another stick of wood in there. Mm-hmm. But it's funny you used to say that. And then I was helping my sister clean out. We in the country we have something called a smokehouse. They yeah. call it that instead of a storage building. We, uh, my granddaddy was a farmer. He raised hogs and chickens and killed deer during the winter. So you, any given month, you could walk into our, what we call our smokehouse, and there'd be two sides of beef hanging up in there, two sides of hog pork hanging up in there, might be two sides of venison laying up in there, and they would rub sea salt on the meat and hang it from the ceiling to preserve it and whenever you wanted you some sugar-cured ham, what we call it, was salty as shit, <laughs> you just go in there with a big old butcher knife, slice you off a piece, and rub some salt back on where you cut it from, and it go back to preserving itself again. 
I would have never known none of that stuff if I didn't hang out with my granddaddy who was a blacksmith. I know how to shoot horses. So all the things that I know to this very day, I spent 12 years of my life in college. I have more degrees than a thermometer. But I got most of the education that I got from my six, my grandmama who had a sixth grade education and my granddaddy who didn't even go to school. He used to put an X for his name. Couldn't he mm-hmm. write his own name? <laughs> I it sounds believe- funny that you can't write your own name, a full-grown man. Did y'all not hear me say that your intelligence level has nothing to do with your age? He may not have no book sense is what they call it, but common sense, world sense, outdoor enthusiast sense, MacGyver is what I call him. Anything that tore up besides the Timex watch, my granddaddy could wire it back together. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they literally didn't have manuals and how to rewire something or how to fix it, but they learned how to do it. You know, the women sewed and knew how to do all this other stuff. At the same time, keeping one eye on the kids. I'm glad you said that, Mary. If you are a parent out there listening to what we say, if you have children now, you should already raise the bar on appreciation on what it takes to be a mom slash father and watch children and try, attempt, do your best <laughs> to do something else while keeping an eye on them. <laughs> There's a good video on social media. I love it. It, it, it so explains my house. These parents are in the kitchen cooking dinner. All you hear is the kids fighting, playing. You just hear all this noise, right? Parents are content because there's noise. All of a sudden, the noise stops, and the parents panic. That's what happens in my house. If there's noise, I know my kids are in the house. I know they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing, or they're doing something. They're keeping themselves entertained. But the minute my, my house gets quiet, they're either not in my house, or they're doing something they ain't supposed to be doing. But there's, you know, you look at that. Even, I mean, simple things. Like, you know, when we, the younger generation or the older generations, you played outside from sun up to sundown. You weren't supervised every moment of every day. Granted, the world is really, if you think about it, was the world any safer then than it is now? Yeah, it was almost like it wasn't yeah, yeah. optional, Mary. It's like, go on social media. I mean, go outside and play with some other kids in the neighborhood. Find out some new stuff that you didn't really know that's happening in the neighborhood, in the neighborhood. And there was always something, always something going on. And if you didn't go up the uh, the hill and stump your toe and make it bloody, somehow somebody got skint got hit, got knocked in the head. <laughs> right? Well, you know, if you look back in those times, they say, oh, it was safer, but really wasn't. I mean, you had, you know, um, the uprising with Native Americans. You had wild animals that lived everywhere. It ain't like it is now where they have these cities and all this stuff. You know, you lived in a farm. You lived out in the middle of nowhere. You had to worry about bears and snakes, anything else that'll eat you. Wolves. 
but you were taught common sense. You were taught to stay away from animals, to run, to hide, do what you need to do. Our kids nowadays, a good chunk of our kids have no common sense that God gave them, honestly. You know, you, you listen to the news, you listen to society, you know, the newest trend on TikTok is this challenge to eat laundry soap and kids were dying from it. That thought, I mean, I did a lot of dumb shit when I was a kid. A lot of dumb shit survived my childhood. But yet I never thought ever once about eating laundry soap. About being what, Mary? Eating laundry soap and other dumb shit like that, you know. We knew oh. <laughs> rat poison. You didn't decide you was gonna have street nine for a snack. <laughs> right. No one came to you and said, Mary, don't eat the rat poison. <laughs> It'll kill you. Maybe when I was two Maybe back when I was two, but not as you know, in my memory of being four, five, six years old. You knew better. But the sad part is these are teenagers who should God provide, hopefully survive their teenage years to be able to provide for us when we retire. But that's the whole thing is we're not passing the stories down. We're not teaching our kids common sense. We're not giving them that moral value of where to stand. We're just leaving them up to their own devices. And it's sad. Because their devices are not good. And you hear parents complain all the time. Their kids don't know what to do. They're bored with the electronics. Yeah, and then again, the little bitty things on a parent picking up, well, every time I turn around, my daughter is undressing the little girl and putting clothes on her and brushing her hair. It's a lot easier for them to figure out what a female child loves versus a male child because, again, they're playing with T-sets. They're practicing how to get married by the time they get six and making up beds and all that kind of stuff, make-believe. But when a man gets – I always knew that even before I became a teacher that females learn. learning curve is a lot faster than most young men. Uh, because of that, me hanging around with my grandmother, I know how to cook, I know how to clean, I know how to sew, I know how to fold bed sheets, them little fitted sheets that nobody knows how to fold real neat. I do. <laughs> when my mom got through working for Johnson & Johnson after 40 years, she taught me how to iron clothes with no wrinkles. On the military people we had in our family, Mary, I can start your pair of pants and stand them up in the middle of the floor <laughs> because they took the time. And if you did not, for some reason, that you decided that you had a, uh, something good enough to let you, allow you to stay in the house, something serious was going on with you in the house, so if they let you set up in the house all day long and you wasn't outside running and playing 
and grinning and getting pushed down and skinning your knee like every other child. If they miss out on that, Lord, there's no way to make up lost time for being a child. And see, they just kind of throwing it off the, the loop a little bit. Talk about Michael Jackson, who probably knew his parents, probably heard about his grandparents. But what about the part of growing up too fast, Mary, and not getting the opportunity to play with a wooden block with a nail in the back and call it a car? Cowboys and Indians, when you shoot me with your finger, not with a real gun, with your finger. Pow, pow! I got you, Mary. You better fall down. No, you didn't. You missed me. There was a debate going on, social media, in the yard. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, that is the biggest wait, problem wait, we Mary, have wait, nowadays. Wait, Mary. Wait, Mary. Tell me about your son digging the hole, the swimming pool. <laughs> Did he learn anything? Did he teach you anything? Did your neighbor learn anything from what your kid was doing? Do you know, I love that as a passage in the Bible. It says we will use the the young, the confound, the wise. You tell me for two seconds that Ariana and your son hasn't done something that absolutely, I don't know how to say it, Mary, blew your mind. <laughs> that is every day in my world. But, you know, but my kids play. You know, we forget. We give them all these electronics. We do all this stuff with them. But they're not learning creativity. They're not learning. Your imagination is the key to problem solving. You learn to think outside the box. And with all this technology, all this crap, this instant, you know, we can talk to our computers and it answers us and gives us the answers. We are not learning how to live. You know, it's like right now AT&T and how many other networks are down. People are in a panic. It's like, seriously, your phone doesn't work. Is it that big of a deal? You know, it's just one day, a few hours, whatever, of not being able to communicate with them on the outside world. You can't up your social media. You can't do whatever. I, You know, we were talking about it this morning with Georgette. You know, how do we know it isn't a sign from God? to tell us to stop what we're doing and change. It's our warning that we need to be more open to our environment and less glued to our screens. You know, you should be taking this as a blessing and find something to do with your kids or read a book or interact with somebody in real life, not just over the phone. You know, God used to turn around and use, you know, um, Brimstone, salt, floods to get our attention as a warning sign. Knocking down cell towers is a modern way to do it. Are we talking social skills, common sense, something that you can't learn from a book? You have to kind of learn it from being around other people. But what I mean, I checked my phone the other day, and I was just looking back through some of the texts. I texted five people last week. You know what I asked them? Do people talk anymore? 
<laughs> I don't know. I somehow ran into the generation that think communication is texting you. I hate it. I mean, that's I a way that of thing. communicating, but if you really want to get to know somebody, you need to talk to them. You need to look them in their eyes. You need to bump fists with them every now and then, not just send a little text message and wait, hopefully, to hear back from them. That's not the way we grew up. I tell people flat and, out, call me. Don't text me. I am. And what happens if that. you decide to have a little attitude on Sunday morning and decide that you didn't want to go to Sunday school? Well, guess what? Your pray rights for Sunday afternoon has just now been. So whether you want to go or not, oh, you need to get up and get dressed. Do you know that, kids, you were telling me how your son loves to dress himself and gets mad? Or a little upset when you pick his clothes out for you? Well, how many kids can do that, Mary? Pick out what they're going to wear the following day and not have to go through inspection and be able to make it out the door with what they chose to put on. Well, That alone is a learning curve. Unless we're doing something special, my kids wouldn't pass. I have settled to, they wear what they want to wear as long as it's clean. I don't care if it matches or not. Because I'm not going to fight them with what they're going to wear. I pick my battles. So nine out of ten times, Ariana doesn't match. But really, you know, it used to be the stigma of plaids and stripes, don't put them together, and now you see everyone putting it together. So, you know, I just don't care. They're wearing clothes, so I'm satisfied. Them where they putting clothes on was a fight. And now as long as they're butt covered, I don't care. So, Mary, I know I came on late. I apologize. But for the people that tuned in late today, and then get a chance to hear the whole conversation. If you had to give them one major gold nugget, as we call it, to to walk away with them on what we talked about today, what would be the one thing that you would say to the parents right now that are listening in? Legacies are important. Legacies, sharing your story, sharing where you came from, sharing who you are, your values, are all intertwined together. You know, Telling your story and the story of where your family came from needs to be done before we lose, you lose that. You know, the sad part was is when, you know, in the 20s when they created Black History Week, that was why it was created. You know, Charlie Woodson went to college and couldn't believe that one majority of the stories that were written about the history of the African-American culture was written by white men that screwed it up, which, you know, it's written by the eye of the beholder. But two, there wasn't a lot of information. And he was finding out that kids in his sororities and his stuff didn't know where they came from. Okay. In the 20s, from the end of slavery, was not that long ago. Generations were alive that were slaves in the 20s. And they stopped telling their story. Kids stopped listening. And look at generations now. People now don't know where they came from because they stopped talking about it in the 20s and before that. 
we're going to have generations that have no idea. Your identity, who you came from, are all into, wrapped around your legacy, your family, your history, where you came from. And I truly believe why so many kids these days are lost, have no sense of identity, are so willing to pull themselves into whatever fad is going on now because they don't have that clue, that idea of where they came from, what their family endured. What We need to start telling the stories, start going back and telling about where our family came from. And not just the good, the bad. You know, my family came over here during, right before World War One. So half my family fought on the German side, half fought on the American side. Some of my family were Nazis, and half of them fought on the American side. You know, my grandma wasn't afraid to tell me the good and the bad. That's what we need to be telling our family, our kids, our generations to come, so it's not lost. And you got quiet. So <clears throat> we are out of time for today. Join us tomorrow at noon Eastern for Len Kane and Kindness Fridays. So have a good day. Have a good night. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye for now. See you, man. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.